This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm so thrilled that you've joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Those are the words of Scripture. I greet you with those words each and every day to remind you of the goodness and the grace of our great God. We're in for a great conversation today. You know, there's some programs I come to as a uh, just a broadcaster, some as a pastor. Today I come as a parent, a parent of uh, two sons who I love dearly, but I recognize uh, growing up in a society in which our boys are struggling. And if you are the uh, parent or the grandparent of uh, boys, today's program is specifically designed with you in mind. Those who are investing in boys as teachers or those who are serving in the local church that have a huge passion to see boys thrive. Today, I want to talk about raising boys into confident men. And the backdrop of that is the recognition that there's a crisis happening in our country uh, around uh, boys, and I should not limit it to our country, but I will simply because this is where I live and do life. I'm not as familiar with all the things that are happening internationally, but statistics and studies will tell us that this is not limited by our borders by any means. Maybe you know what it's like to have a son who's struggling with motivation. Maybe you know what it's like to have a son whose uh, grades begin to plummet as he reached preteen years and into his teen years. Maybe you already know that boys are twice as likely as girls to be diagnosed with ADHD. Maybe you have a son who is disconnected from the world around him and and has an addiction to video games. If that's you, just know that this is a safe space for us to discuss this. Today, I don't want to treat our boys as a problem to be fixed, but I do want us to understand as those who love them, how God has uniquely designed them, wired them, and how we can help to free them to be the boys that God intended for them to be. And I also want us to be aware of the things that we may be doing with good intention that may be reinforcing the problem. I'm so grateful to have with me today a special guest, Dr. Anthony Bradley. I couldn't respect uh, Dr. Bradley more. He's a professor of religious studies and the director of the Center for the Study of Human Flourishing at the King's College in, uh, in New York. He's a theologian in resident, residence at uh, Redeemer Pres- Presbyterian Church in Lincoln Square. He also serves as a research fellow for the Acton Institute. Dr. Bradley has been studying this issue, writing on it, speaking on it, and helping uh, the church to understand it better Dr. Bradley, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on, brother. And I uh, truly, as I said, appreciate the work you've been doing, sounding the alarm in this area. But take us back, if you will, Dr. Bradley, to where you first began to maybe become aware 
that there's something different going on between our boys and our girls? That's a great question to start because, as you mentioned in the in the introduction, I mean, this is not simply unique to to America. We're seeing this across the West in general. And I I first noticed this about 20 years ago or so when I was teaching at a Christian high school outside of Philadelphia. I had all these great expectations about being a teacher. I was going to come in and do sort of a a dead poet society sort of scenario as a teacher. And I walked in. I'll never forget this. This is a Christian school right adjacent to Westminster Seminary in Philadelphia. And these are great families, right? The, the children of pastors and missionaries and professors. And I walk in, Chris, and what do I see? I see boys walking around with their heads down and their shoulders slumped over. I look at my grade book and I see the girls are outperforming boys. Yeah. And I look around and I'm, and I'm thinking, what's happening? The girls were leading all of the organizations. They were the class presidents. They were the ones who were most active in school. They were the ones who were, who were enthusiastic, answering questions in class, sitting in the front on purpose. And I thought, something's really, really wrong. And that's when I got together with another teacher. And we actually introduced a men's Bible study that met once a week, and we mm. opened it up to the entire school. Now, this is what was interesting. The boys that we thought were were going to come didn't. The mm. ones that showed up surprised us. So we opened this Bible study up, and the ones who showed up and were saying, we need help, they were the children of the pastors, the children wow. of the missionaries, the kids from two-parent intact homes. They were the ones who were saying, we are struggling and we need help. And that, to me, began the whole process of investigating this issue. Yeah, I, I mean, there's so much to unpack there, but hopefully – it does two things. Your your response helps us to understand the, uh, the the length of time that you have been thinking about this, uh, researching, engaging in real world interaction this this particular issue. But it also, I think, obliterates the stereotype because I think when we begin to talk about boys that are struggling, we assume some things about them and. Uh, I think that story in and of itself helps us to reevaluate some of those assumptions. Let me just say, as Dr. Bradley and I have this conversation, I always approach these moments pastorally as well. And what I mean by that is um, there are some that may be listening and say, uh, I don't know about all the research, but I know I need prayer. I know I need encouragement today, and I would love to be able to come alongside, be a prayer partner if we can with you. The phone number to join the conversation as we dialogue about how to help our boys to grow into confident men is 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. Again, 877 877- Five four eight thirty six seventy five. You give us a call to join the conversation with your question or prayer request. Doctor Bradley, give us an ex- a sense of the extent. I've mentioned some things, but what is the extent of the crises of the problem that America is currently facing? Great question. I, I think it's really hidden in, in many ways. People don't really know how bad it is because of the cosmetics of it, the, the external. Realities are, are things that we, that we often don't see. It's really, really bad. As a college professor, and I'll, I'll start here as a, as a college professor and work back, 
as of this year, 61% of all college freshmen are women. Mm. 61%. Women right now will hold almost the majority of, of bachelor's degrees, master's degrees, and doctor degrees, MDs and JDs. The majority of those will all be women. How did this happen? Well, there's a crisis in, in education. Uh, for every 100 girls, 144, 145 boys will complete kindergarten. So boys are behind in kindergarten. Boys are behind in every single subject taught in every school everywhere, math, science, reading, arithmetic. Boys are behind. Boys are abusing drugs and alcohol more than girls. Boys have communication disorders more than uh, girls. Right now, boys are almost twice as likely to have a learning disability than girls. About three times as likely to have to overdose from drugs. About twice as likely, as you mentioned, to, to be diagnosed with ADD or ADHD. Boys are almost twi- twice as likely to be suspended from school and, and so on and so forth. Boys over 14 are four times more likely to die by suicide Wow! right now. So if, if we look at the scope of it, boys are dropping out of school. They're and, and, and here's the thing. It's not that they're not just going to college. They're not going into trades either. There's a misconception. The thought is, well, if they aren't going to college, they're not going into trades. That's not true. The workforce participation rate for, for men who are a prime working age at 24 to 54 is, is significantly down. As of today, there are 9 million men who are actually doing nothing. They're not working and they're not going to school. Nine million men. Wow. So boys are dropping out of school. They're also dropping out of relationships. So marriage rates are down. Dating rates are down. And they're also dropping out of the workforce. And people ask, what are they doing? Well, that's what a lot of research is trying to figure out. The consensus is they're often just doing nothing. It's a crisis, not just of boys, but it's a crisis of resignation. It's a crisis of withdrawal. And one of the things that we've seen naturally, of course, is that for boys who want to withdraw, for boys who want to check out, the Internet is there to receive them. And so they get lost in in all sorts of things from YouTube to video games, just mindless scrolling and things like that. But boys are missing. They're missing from the church. I mean, if you look at seminaries, are down. Uh, Christian colleges, most Christian colleges are going to be 60 to 70 percent women. A Christian college is basically a women's college. The, if if there's a Christian college that ha- has any sort of gender parity, it's because they have a, a significant STEM program. Any other Christian liberal arts college that majors in the humanities or the social sciences is going to be primarily women. Now, if you have a daughter, you should be alarmed because the likelihood of your daughter marrying a Christian male who is competent with her, who is sort of her colleague amongst multiple different variables from education to spirituality is is increasingly beginning to, to approach unlikelihood. So it, so this isn't just a concern for parents of boys. This should sure. be a concern for parents of girls as well because the, the, the population that these girls have available for marriage is also shrinking precipitously. 
And so if we look at it across the board, this crisis is, is pretty significant. And conservatives and Christians have been talking about this for at least 20, 25 years. It just yes. hit recently with a couple of new books, one great book by Richard Reeves of Boys and Men, and another great book, Warren Farrell and John Gray have a book called The Boy Crisis. And that's really stirred up the national conversation. Yeah, in, in some facts, some data, some statements are hard to hear, to be honest. Just to be able to take in the breadth of what you just said is in some ways overwhelming to the soul. But yet for many that are listening to me right now, you're living it. It is not just an anecdotal conversation. It's not just a statistical or academic conversation. It's it's right there in your living room. Uh, and, and you're crying out to the Lord, maybe, what is causing this and and Lord, even more, what's the answer? That's why I've invited Dr. Bradley on so we can have this discussion. And uh, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, I want to dive into uh, causation uh, in, in his research, uh, in his uh, writing, interaction on the college level, on the uh, on the academic side of, of uh, the world, as well as in his interaction with with many, many uh, boys and fathers, what he's seen as the causal factors for the crises that we're seeing among boys. And also, what does the hope of the gospel have to say to this issue? Friends, this might be the most important conversation that we have in the entire week. And so I want you to make sure you stick and stay with us. Also, don't forget, social media is available for you to submit your questions that way for Dr. Bradley and myself as well. Don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. At Equipped, it's our goal to strengthen your faith. And we're always excited as we hear stories of people coming to faith as a result of our program. But we couldn't possibly accomplish this mission alone. That's why we're looking for equippers and people just like you who will give a monthly gift to help us keep this program on the air. Would you consider partnering with us? Become an equipper today and receive special insider benefits, such as a bi-weekly email that contains pastoral messages prepared just for you. Call 888-644-4144 or go online to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. My guest today, Dr. Anthony Bradley, Professor of Religious Studies and a Director of the Center for the Study of Human Flourishing at the King's College. He's joining me today to talk about his his research and study into what it takes to raise boys into confident men. And uh, at the backdrop of that is the boy crises. What do we do um, when we see boys being more prone to disengagement and more vulnerable to the side effects of that reality. Uh, Dr. Bradley, uh, the obvious question that's on the table is uh, how did we get here? What's, what's the, what's the cause? And I know that could take up hours of conversation, but if you had to in brief succinctly say, here's some of the thoughts that you've had or you've come across in your research on causation, what would you say? Great question. It's a 
it's a complex of things, right? I think I think it's important for people to to recognize that whenever we have problems like this, it's always more than one variable, right? There's always more. It's a it's a combination of several things, not just one thing. And so the solution will also be multivariate as well. So we want to keep that in mind. Sure. Here are among the things among the things that that are, are on the table here. The first is is a, a crisis in, in, in education. A boys only, for the most part, for the most part, uh, don't ever have a, a male teacher, especially in an elementary school. Only about eleven percent of all teachers in elementary school are male. So that role modeling in school, and this is when boys begin to check out. They begin to check out late elementary, early middle school years is when they begin to check out of education. There's something there that's important about having a male presence in the classroom. And that's that's one that's one issue. And this the second one's really going to be hard for people to hear. The, the the second major one, and this may be the first one, is is dad deprivation. Mm. A lack of fathering. Now, listen, people get this conflated with fatherlessness. That is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about dad, uh, boys that don't have fathers. That is an issue that makes these issues worse. But this is also dads who do have fathers in the home, but the fathers are not fathering their sons in the home. They may be physically present. They may be spiritual teachers, but they're not connecting with their sons and building them up. You might think more about it in terms of being a nurturer, someone who is speaking validation and affirmation, active fathering, where the fathers are planning ahead. What do I need to do to make my boy ready for a world that's going to be tough and difficult where he needs to walk with the Lord? So the, the, the dad deprivation the lack of father involvement is, is, is really, really large. And, and thirdly, which is sort of cascades into a, several other issues, is a purpose void. Boys just don't know why they're here. Now, if you think about the ways that the economies change, it's true that our economy right now, in general, does not need a boy's physical strength. So a lot of boys don't know what they're made for. Why does the economy need them? Why does the world even need them? They don't need their strength. We have technology. We have machines that can do a lot of things that physically that, that, that men physically used to do. So they don't know why they're here. And they have a, we live in a society that reduces all of the problems in society to men. Men have made the world worse. Men make the world worse. So on the one hand, they're not getting any validation and affirmation at home from their dads, even if, they're, even if their dad is at home. On the other hand, they're not seeing any men at school to encourage them into their education. They're actually, in a lot of church contexts, isolated from the men in the church because they're quarantined and isolated yeah. in, in children's yeah. and youth ministry. And then to add on to that, to make it worse, they feel alienated and withdrawn because they don't have a purpose. There's no transcendent overarching purpose to motivate their participation in local community. So I want to, so so I I just want to just say this real quickly, Dr. Bradley, Uh, my apologies for, for cutting you off there, but I just want to just mention this as you listen to these things, This is more than just information. This is information that hopefully 
causes reflection, evaluation of our own hearts. It is really easy because we've been conditioned in our culture to look for blame externally, right? And, um, and, and this is one of those moments where I think we all need to ask ourselves, in what ways might I, um, even unintentionally, be contributing to where we currently are? And, uh, and in what ways can I, can I begin to change and, and contribute in positive ways? I think that, that is what repentance looks like. To, to not just feel remorse or to feel bad or feel sorry about what we're hearing, uh, those, those emotions in and of themselves don't produce uh, fruitfulness spiritually or practically, uh, but it's when we are able to truly be confronted with these realities and, uh, and, and embrace uh, what, what, the, uh, what the word or the gospel would, would tell us is truth uh, that we experience repentance that leads to salvation. Dr. Bradley, if I could, I, I just want to zero in on two things. Uh, and they kind of go hand in hand to me, but maybe you you will see them separately. But we've talked about this video game addiction because while all of this is happening, the educational crises, dead deprivation, purpose void, there's been a rise in video game addiction and internet and social media consumption. Can you just I- I explain your your research on these things? W- what is causing such an elevation in these areas? Yeah, I mean, a- absolutely. We should actually expect boys to withdraw into places where they're going to receive validation and affirmation, especially there if they're in a context where there's dad deprivation, if they're in a context where they're in a single-parent home, uh, particularly a, a, a single mom context, they need to hear that they are okay, that they're good, that they're worthy, that they're strong. And video games, all, a lot of these social media platforms provide the validation and affirmation online that they're not getting in person. So you can withdraw into a video game context where guess what? You get to be strong and valiant. You get to be a hero. You're needed. You get to win, right? You get to, you get to, to, to actually do things that make you believe that you're making a contribution to making the world better. And for most boys, they don't have that anywhere in their lives, especially if they live either on the one hand, in, in a suburban context where they're not invited to participate and, con- and contribute to anything. But on the other hand, if they're in a context of, 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 of deprivation and violence in, in low-income communities, they don't have the freedom to think about that because they're on survival mode. And so it just, re- it just provides a, a context for retreat where they can get the validation and affirmation that they so desire and need and want from their fathers and from community and from a community of men outside of their home, outside of their bedroom, right? And there and there's just not a lot of places where we have that. What's really fascinating, I want to press this point really, really clearly here. One of the things that the data shows, and this is very clear, you can read this in Warren Farrell's book, The Boy Crisis, that when fathers are are emotionally and physically engaged with their sons. We're talking about hugs. We're talking about wrestling. We're talking about roughhousing. 
that the more fathers roughhouse with their sons, the less likely the boy is to have an addiction to video games and pornography. Mm. So this is how important wow. dads contacting and engaging emotionally, physically with the sons is. And so sons are so so boys are looking for a place to get affirmed, to get validated, to be included in something that matters and something that 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 appears to be transcendent and important. And there's video games and the internet and social media platforms right there to do that. Right. You can post on TikTok and get likes of likes and comments. You can post on Instagram and get the exact same thing. You can create a YouTube channel yeah. and get random people to say, wow, that's a great idea. You're really smart. That's insightful, right? Because they're not hearing that anywhere else. And I think that's one of the opportunities we have to actually redirect this uh, pathology uh, so that boys can actually thrive and, and survive. You know, as you as you share this, I, I know, again, this resonates with so many who are listening. And, and I promise you, we're going to go to the phone lines. Uh, 877-548-3675 is the number. I got to take another break. But I wanted to give Dr. Bradley the opportunity before we went to the phone lines to simply just lay out the scope of the issue as well as uh, the the uh, causal factors uh, so that we can all be working from a common base of understanding. But again, as you think through where this might be impacting your family, the boys that you care about, sons, grandsons, uh, maybe you're a teacher and you're seeing this in schools and you have questions about how do we engage this issue, um, you're invited to call. It's a safe space for you to call. 877-548-3675. So what's the answer? Well, for many churches, the answer has been bigger and better youth ministries. We're going to talk about that with Dr. Bradley after this break. So don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. friends, Chris Brooks here. You know, you may have recently heard me promoting our next program or even asking you to become a monthly partner. Folks that we call equippers, but today I want to invite you to join something infinitely more important. Would you consider joining the family of God? You know, it may be possible that you've been listening to us talk about the Bible and the Christian life, but you've never really met Jesus personally. He longs to welcome you into his family and have a close relationship with you. You can surrender your life to him, accept his forgiveness, and start your journey with Jesus right now. I'd love to help you to take that first step. All you have to do is give me a call at 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. Welcome back again to Equip with Chris Brooks today. Very special guest, Dr. Anthony Bradley from the King's College. We're talking about how to raise boys into confident men. We've spent the first two segments of our time together really laying out the scope uh, and the extent of the challenges facing our boys and exploring some causal factors. Uh, but I want to take your phone call. So let me, let's do that. And we also want to land this plane in the heart of the gospel and talk about 
um, some potential solutions and ways we can help our boys. Let's go uh, first to Southwest Florida. Keyshore is listening there. Keyshore, thank you so much for calling. What's your question for Dr. Bradley? Yeah, hi there. Um, I was trying to figure out, I have two sons. I have three daughters and two sons. My son's 14 years old. He actually, just, just like you're saying, yeah, he isolates himself in his room, video games, um, YouTube, you know, how, you know, his mom's not present in his life. So it's, it's, I take care of the family by myself and, you know, and, and but nonetheless, um, and, and he likes his, his thing is sometimes he'll, he'll come punch me in the arm, kind of wrestle around, but I don't get that much from him, but I, I have to discipline him because he skips school. He's grades are failing. Um, and, and I'm not harsh. I don't have harsh words. I just, you know, I had to take away the Xbox. I, you know, what, what, what's the, what do I need to do differently to, to, you know, to, to make him, sure, um, yeah, respond. Well, first off, Keyshore, thank you for calling, and uh, I'm grateful for you as a dad um, and the concern you have for your son, Doctor Bradley. Obviously, you can hear the anguish in Keyshore's voice. What what wisdom would you share with him? You know, you know, Keyshore, thanks thanks so much for calling in. I mean, you are not alone. I would say, first of all, there are thousands of fathers out there as I travel across the country to speak about this who have this exact same question because they see these patterns in, in their boys. I think I think one of the things that that a lot of Christian contexts have been missing over the years, theologically, is that is that boys need to know their fathers as as reservoirs of joy. And and so much of what needs to happen is actually drawing the boy out of the house and simply go do things with him that bring joy to both of you, to, to actually have fun together. In so many Christian homes, it's about discipline. It's about discipleship. Some use that model. It's about the teaching part. But very few boys actually have fun and enjoy their fathers. And think about it theologically. This is God's primary disposition towards us as father. As we joy in him and delight in him, we are set free. And that same disposition is is so much oriented toward a, a parenting model that is the, the antidote to so much of the resignation is the pursuit the movement toward and the drawing out to be physically engaged, to be emotionally engaged, and to just have fun. It's fascinating for boys that in the context of having fun and enjoying with their father and and, and having times of enjoyment with their fathers, that's where they experience the connection for vulnerability. And that's when you have access to ask them, what's going on? How are you? I mean, those things happen in the context of doing fun things together it's a small it's it's a it's a small gesture, but it yields massive massive dividends. And, and I, I think the the more that dads enjoy their sons, their sons will be more open to to having them understand what what exactly is going on with them, so they can provide some help and and, and some solutions. Keyshore, I want to pray for you, Father. Thank you for the wisdom that you've allowed to be shared today. I pray for Keyshore that. There would not be a sense of condemnation in his heart, but that he would turn to you for grace, the grace that he received for salvation, the grace that brings um, even deliverance now. I pray for his sons 
Lord, that you would just restore joy to their relationship. And I ask that you would bless their family uh, by your mercy, thanking you for what you have accomplished for us through the cross of Christ and uh, your love for us and uh, praying that this would be uh, the experience that Keyshore's sons have with their dad. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Uh, Dr. Bradley, I, I got a question before I go to the next call, and that is, uh, so I got a preteen son, and then I got a son who's nine now. My preteen son, it is just extraordinarily clear to me that he would much rather be with me than um than any youth ministry it is it is clear to me and i've i've embraced that he enjoys being with dad um it, it, is that consistent with your research um what are you seeing there that is 100% consistent with the data the idea that that we need youth ministry to translate the gap between dad's culture and the son's culture that ended probably in the 1970s or early 1980s. There is no such thing now really as a gap in terms of the experience of life. Dads and and their sons both have cell phones. They dress alike. It's really not that different. And so, and so boys want to be with their fathers and fathers don't realize that often the boy's body language might not indicate it, but he would much rather be with his father than be with any 25-year-old uh, in, 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 his, in his church. Every church I've gone to, every, every course I've taught, I've talked to literally hundreds of young men about this issue, and I've never had this complaint. I wish I spent less time with my dad and more time with a 25-year-old at my church. It was always the opposite. They want to be with their fathers. They love their dads, but they don't have the emotional maturity to put words to that. And so the father has to just grab them and go take them somewhere and go do something that brings joy uh, to, to, the, to their sons. In fact, and I'll, I'll say this, I'll say this uh, more, more, more strongly here, boys don't actually need youth ministry so much as they need their fathers and a community of grown men to invite them into adult spirituality. And so if they had their preference, they would rather be with men their dad's age or older than be with their peers with whom they're with all the time. And so I think it's a great opportunity to make a massive, massive shift and bring our boys out of the basement, out of their bedrooms, uh, in deep into community and relationship. So we shouldn't find it strange or odd if if your son is uh, more resistant to going to youth ministry and more open to simply spending time with you, uh, doing life with you, laughing with you, uh, learning from you. We need to embrace this, as Dr. Bradley said, as an opportunity to heal the uh, really the plague of dead deprivation that he referred to earlier. Let's go to Rebecca, who's listening in Cleveland, Ohio. Hey, Rebecca, thank you so much for calling. What's your question for Dr. Bradley? Well, first of all, thank you both so much for this platform. Um, such an important um, discussion. Like you said, might be the most important discussion of the week. Sure. Um, I have a 23-year-old. Um, his father and I were married for 30 years before he, um, unfortunately, we, we divorced, and 
he passed away a year and a half later um, mm. from drug and alcohol addiction. I'm I'm looking at and in part of like a second generation of the failing of our men. And um, I, I did my best to keep him in a Christian environment, Christian schooling, church, um, all the stuff. Tried rallying my husband to do the same. But he came from everything that you're just saying um, failed sure. him as a child. So he did his best as he could, and and he couldn't. But now, so now he's gone. And I'm I have a 23 year old who we're coming out of COVID, and that I saw changed him very much dramatically because of the um, when when he lost his father, we were in COVID, and he needed to be in that surrounding with people and groups and and those sorts of things, and he lost that. And we did, he did just graduate college. So we, we did achieve that and um, coming into work field. But I see exactly what you're saying in this young man. I just see that he's feeling inadequate. He doesn't feel strong. He doesn't feel those things. And, you know, so my question is, what tools can I do to help him being the mother? Because I feel like, I feel like I'm being, I don't know the word. I, I, I just feel like I'm, not able to do the mothering that I want to yeah. do. <laughs> you well, know, let's, let's I try to mother him, but he doesn't see that. Yeah, let's let's try to answer this question, Rebecca, because I think what you're asking is something that millions of moms are asking. So, so Dr. Bradley, let me just uh, maybe put it this way. Uh, as you answer Rebecca's question, what do you say to moms and then more particularly to single moms? Yeah, I get this question all every everywhere I speak. You know, what's what? What can we do as as women uh, to to address this issue? And and one of the things that I always emphasize is is two things that that boys and young men need to hear encouragement more than shame, and older men need to be encouraged to participate and draw near to these younger guys. And so I think one of the things that moms can do, women can do. Is, is facilitate opportunities for younger men to be connected with older men because what the 23-year-old lad needs is a guide. He needs a sage. He needs a, an older man to father him and to walk him through this next season of life. And so creating a context for that to happen, I think, is a great opportunity that churches have naturally, but they're not activating. We have, a, we have this mismatch. We have a group of young men sitting at home doing nothing and a group of older men, many of whom don't realize the asset that they are. They think they're, they're, they're only good for setting up chairs and running the soundboard, right? But they're actually needed just for relationship. And I'm talking about going out to lunch, right? Watching games, doing yard work, just spending time with each other. And I think anything that women can do to create a context opportunity for that level of connection is really going to, is is actually the thing that needs to happen in churches because we, we, we isolate too much by age and, and, and life and, and stage in life. We miss those opportunities for that level of, of connection. And so for the moms out there, 
uh, who are who, who find themselves in situations like this. I mean, this is where uncles are needed and grandfathers are needed and, and cousins are needed and surrogate fathers in churches and, and rallying the men in the church to do something rather than be disconnected from from this very, very needy population. I once said this at a at a event a few weeks ago, a, a few a few months ago. We have a problem, right? We have a bunch of young men sitting at home struggling and hurting. And then we have a, a, a another population of older men who are in Florida playing golf for six months out of the year. We're in Phoenix playing golf for six months out of the year, and their local communities need them back at home yeah. to help with these young men. If young men are struggling, the older men have responsibility to go get them, to get them out of the basements, get them out of their their bedrooms, and 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 encourage them and love on them and draw them in and have that level of connection and discipleship and mentoring. That's what's really needed. Father, thank you for Rebecca. Thank you for every mom who's praying for her sons right now. I pray that you would bless them and that you would place men of valor in the lives of these boys. In Jesus' name, we'll be right back. What is Equipped with Chris Brooks? At its core, this program is just real people who are trying to deal with real life and looking for biblical answers. Tune in every weekday, and that's what you'll hear. But none of this is possible without the generous monthly support of our equippers. You can join the growing family of supporters today and begin receiving special benefits when you call 888-644-4144. Or if you prefer to automate your gift, simply go online to EquippedRadio.org. to equip with Chris Brooks. It's the last day of the month, so I want to just take a moment to say thank you to our friends and partners who pray and support us financially. We couldn't have made it through this month without you. As we come to this last day of the month, I'm asking if uh, maybe five of you could consider becoming a monthly partner at $10 a month or $20 a month or $30 a month, whatever you can spare in your budget. What it does for us is it allows us to not only maintain a presence on this platform in your community, but to make sure issues like what we're talking about today uh, are tackled from a gospel-centered perspective. So if you could consider partnering with us, if the program's been a blessing to you, can you call this number, 888-644-4144? It'd be great to get five friends today to respond, 888-644-4144. 4144, or you can go to the website, equipradio.org. Also, if you want to learn more about Dr. Bradley, the work that he's doing, please go there as well, equipradio.org. Click on today's program details. You will see him there. Uh, Dr. Bradley, this is the rapid fire round. We only got a few moments left, so let me try to get a couple of questions in if I could. First off, um, let's let's just talk about real quickly what you feel like is you're learning from fraternities. I know you've paid a lot of attention to fraternities. What are you learning there? Great question. I have a book coming out on that called Heroic Fraternities here pretty shortly. What I'm learning about fraternities is that boys are desperate to join fraternities because fraternities provide what they lacked in high school encouragement, validation, places to be vulnerable, places to cry and to be strong and to be connected to to guys who believe in them and want the best for them. It's been really extraordinary to see how desperate guys are to be in, in communities because they, they just don't have them. 
Your voluminous writer can't wait for that book to come out. And we certainly would love to have you back on that. Dr. Bradley, I also want you, if you could, just talk about uh, the gospel and a relationship with Jesus. What do we need to know as we are sharing the gospel with our boys? That's a great question. I think that it's really important for for us to, to sort of place the gospel in a place in the boys' understanding that because of the gospel, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, because of the sacrifice that Christ made, God, his heavenly Father, loves him dearly, loves him deeply, and wants him to be the man that God himself has destined and designed him to be in Christ Jesus. Just as the Father bestowed this blessing on to Jesus at his baptism, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. This is exactly how God, their Heavenly Father, sees them because of Jesus Christ. And so if it's true that you are the beloved Son, the Son in whom God is, is, is pleased and, and loves, you are free. You are free to not care about what people think about you. Uh, you are free to to be focused on the sorts of things that God wants to be focused on. We have great models of this in Daniel chapters 1 to 6, that you can be the man that God wants you to be because the gospel makes that very clear, because you are the beloved son. And so open yourselves up and let God, your heavenly father, father you, just as he did his own son, Jesus Christ. You know, there's a lot of guests that I have on this program, and I take great joy in you getting to know each one of them. But there's one person I want you to know more than anyone else, and that is Jesus. Jesus is the only one who's died for our sins and our mistakes, who uh, because of his death gives us access to this type of relationship of love with our Heavenly Father. And today, as Dr. Bradley just so eloquently shared, God loves you. He knows you, and he loves you. There is no shame because he has uh, already chosen in Christ to provide a way of forgiveness and salvation. If today you would like to know more about Christ or more about the Christian faith, why don't you give us a call at 888-NEED-HIM. That's 888-NEED-HIM. Dr. Bradley, um, I said to our producers in between uh, these uh, segments that we could talk about this for uh, days on end. I appreciate in the midst of your busy schedule, you carving out an hour to be with us. Uh, we look forward to the releasing of the book on heroic fraternities as well. And we thank God for the work that you're doing at the King's College at Redeemer Presbyterian Church with the Acton Institute and uh, in all of your ventures. Bless you, brother. Thanks for having me. It's always a joy. Friends, I want to encourage you to find out more at our website, equipradio.org. And I just feel led to pray for our boys. Father, we lift up our boys. The crisis is bigger than what we can solve on our own. Well, nothing is too great for you. We pray for your divine intervention on behalf of our boys. It's in Christ's name, our Savior, your Son, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, friends, can't wait to be together again next time. Until then, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.
Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. You know, our young men are struggling and longing for identity and purpose, but they're floundering and they need our help. Dr. Anthony Bradley is a theologian and educator who's seen firsthand the problems and effective solutions to the boy crises. He'll talk about helping us to grow boys into men on the next edition of Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or equipradio.org.